0: Kool-Aid. Any grape Kool-Aid. K-O-O-L-A-I-D-E. Yep, grape Kool-Aid. Uh,
1: well, I told a girl once I bet her stuff tastes like grape Kool-Aid, better than grape Kool-Aid. No, I haven't.
0: (laughs) And speaking of sweets, Rudy, there's going to be some dolomite candy coming out soon?
1: Not to my knowledge.
0: Is there going to be any plans for that in the works? Any Dolomite franchising? Uh, Possibly, yes. But
1: I am now featured with Altaloid Mints. Have you heard of them? No, I have not. Please explain. Altaloid Mints is the breath mint, and I am advertising them, and instead of them calling Altaloid Mints, they're called Dolomints
0: boom Rudy Ray Moore strikes again, and these are mints. What do they do? What's the... Sp- They're for breath, to clean the breath. And why did they come to you, Dolomite? They wanted
1: me to be an advertiser for them. In other words, it's a poster ad. They're going to put my physical likeness on um, uh, boards across the country.
0: That's kind of interesting, isn't it? I bet a lot of people wanted to clean your breath earlier on in the 60s, didn't they? Probably with soap.
1: Well, oh, so you don't you know it. <laughs>
0: and Rudy Raymore, in the very beginning, at the very, very beginning, you were a dancer? Like, going way back, you were a dancer?
1: I was a dancer. They called me Trent Basil
0: Dumas. What groups did you work with back then, Rudy?
1: I worked with a group called the Prince uh, Dumas African Dancers. We did Afro dances, and my dances was called the Drama of the Hindu Dance, the Drama of the African Dance, the Drama of the Chinese Dance. And it was my own operation, my own organization that did
0: them. What year was this approximately and where?
1: This is in 1952 in Cleveland, Ohio.
0: When rock and roll started coming in, did you get into that at all with the routines of dancing? Like, did you ever end up doing the chicken or the mashed potatoes or the fly? Were you dancing for any rock and roll groups?
1: No, in the rock and roll era, I come out as a singer. I did rock and roll tunes like Robbie Dobby, and one of the biggest I had was called "Step It Up and Go."
0: When you were dancing, Rudy Ray Moore, did you ever throw any lyrics in there as well? And when you were singing, did you ever do any dancing?
1: Yes, but I did not throw lyrics in my dance. But I did throw uh, uh, singing into. Uh, uh, the question you asked did I throw lyrics into the thing and Yes. now another thing that I did when I danced I did chants before when I'd hit the floor I'd be ah ah similo, jungle and then the drums start playing and we start dancing so I did do a little singing in the dancing
0: Rudy Raymore what sort of dancing was there was this like splitting did you do the splits how
1: no it was African dancing. And jungle dancing, you know, like you saw jungle fest where you see the Afro dance done done by natives in the jungle. Right. It was an interpretation of that.
0: When you did your R and B singing, I guess it is R and B singing.
1: Yes, at that time. Rhythm and blues.
0: And Norton Records is going to be releasing Hally Gully Fever, a collection of some of your 50s and 60s R&B tunes, aren't
1: Step they? Step it up and go with any too. yes.
0: Mm-hmm. You are described as the turban-headed Prince of the Blues. Right. Mm-hmm. Rudy Raymore. How many 45s did you release, Rudy? I released
1: about uh, 10 or 12.
0: Do you remember who you played with back then? What was the circuit that you were on? Do you remember your first gig, like the first big show you played? Where was this? When was this? Mm, Yes, the first
1: big show I did uh, was many years ago. I worked with the late Big Joe Turner.
0: And where was this gig taking place?
1: This was taking place in Cleveland at the Paradise Auditorium.
0: And how about the guys in your band, Rudy? Who were they and were they now? I did
1: not have my own band. I always worked with the house band. When you speak of a house band, when people have shows going on, they have a group of musicians that are the standard for that particular uh, uh, venue.
0: Whereabouts did you play? Did you play all across the country? Like, what was the circuit that you were on?
1: Uh During those years, I did take out groups like, you've heard of Ray Charles, have you? I have indeed. I took Ray Charles out on tour where we played Louisville, Kentucky. We played um, uh, Cincinnati. We played all up and down Ohio and Kentucky. Then I come back with that show and I carried Chuck Willis out. He's the one at CC Rider.
0: Now, when you say you carried these guys out, like Chuck Willis or Ray Charles, were they in the backup, were they in the house band?
1: They were the stars of the show, and I was the manager of the operation with my own act with them, too.
0: Did you have any hits that hit the billboard at all, Rudy Ray Moore, with your early days rocking out? The
1: closest I got to it was a tune I did on World Pacific Records called Easy, Easy Baby. It did uh, was called a, a uh, not a bullet, but it was reaching for the chart, but it never
0: made it. I think it's totally fascinating, Rudy, that you were there, like right from the beginning of the early days of rock and roll, and even before that. Did you ever meet up with Escarita at all?
1: Uh, Escarita, one time walking down the streets in New York City on... Uh, 7th Avenue and 46th Street. I did not ever know him, but I met him
0: once. Because he's quite an unheralded rock and roller, isn't he? He's never quite got his due, has he?
1: Never got his due, no. He was always in the shaka
0: of little... Richard! How did you know? Just knew, because Rudy Ray... Moore is on the line with me, Nardwar the Human Serviette, and you are Rudy Ray Moore, Dolomite Rudy Ray Moore. Uh. Rudy, when you were rocking out there in the early days again, I'm just really curious about this, did you ever run into like Huey Piano Smith? or?
1: Huey Piano Smith, I'm the one that wrote one of the big hits that he had, but he stole it from me. I was I was touring uh, with him in 1957 where I played the Apollo Theater uh, with him, sang on stage with him because I was the extra in the group when one of the boys got sick. I appeared with him and we would be riding across country in the station wagon and we would say something and I would answer to him, well, don't you just know it? That was my slang and it got so popular. So Huey took it and made a song out of it. And Bobby Shan, who died uh, the 5th of December last year, he and myself helped Huey put the lyrics to it and we never got a dime for it. And we put a, uh, a line in it, black of the berries, sweet of the juice. Don't you just know it? I can't lose it, the stuff that I use. Don't you just know it? And Huey wrote all around that and never give us any credit. So I did know Huey Smith and worked with him for at least six months on the road.
0: Well, this has happened all your life, hasn't it, Rudy Ray Moore? Like, all the sampling that's gone on of all your work. What is the song that's been sampled the most, do you think, of all your stuff, including the Dolomite records? Like, how many times have you been sampled exactly? 71 times, to my knowledge. And specifically breaking it down, our Two Life crew are they the band that has sampled you the most, Rudy Raymore?
1: They have the sample, they have sampled me at least thirty times.
0: And who else has been up there in the list of EZE, E, the late ECE, E has sampled me at least ten times. And Dr.
1: Dre uh, has sampled me six times on his greatest album, The Chronic. And numerous of others have taken samples for me and put on their records.
0: Well, speaking of samples and speaking of rock and roll, did you do any gigs with James Brown at all?
1: Yes, many of them. I worked with James Brown in the sports arena here in Los Angeles some five times. James Brown was my very dear friend at one time because I had control of programming records. And James, when a new record would come out, he'd ask me to program it. I would program him when he treated me so raw and would put me on the show at least for 10 minutes on stage. But when I lost that radio show, uh, he hasn't spoke to me but once since. So I think I had something to offer him at that time. And when I lost that, James Brown and myself was not associated any longer.
0: That's very unfortunate, Rudy Raymore, that he would not remember you or want to help you out. Because didn't he have a TV show a little while after that?
1: Not to my knowledge. He had radio
0: stations. I think he had a TV show called Future Shock, he was saying, out of Atlanta. There was a TV show that he had. I never knew anything about it. Rudy, when you were brought on stage with people like James Brown, what exactly were you doing at that point? Were you Comedy. So you were actually doing a comedy at that point? Yes. Mm -hmm. Was there much wild partying back then? You know, dope smoking and orgies. Was there a lot of that?
1: I am not involved in drugs. So whenever this was going on, if I knew it was going on, I never went in their rooms uh, associated with it because I am definitely against drug use.
0: Well, Rudy Ray Moore, surely the sex must have interest you. What do you remember about Screaming Jay Hawkins?
1: Screaming Jay Hawkins, I will remember him uh, 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 very greatly because I worked with Screaming Jay Hawkins in the uh, Royal Theater in Baltimore. And he was wild. Oh, I mean, wow. I think the girls used to come and invade his dressing room. And I thought was that I peeped 10 on him. <laughs> so he was
0: wild. Because apparently he had sex 21 times a day. And there's even a website now that he's dead that's dedicated to finding all his 57 children. 57 children screaming Jay had, Rudy Ray Moore. screaming Jay uh, passed? Yes, he did a little while back. In Paris? No I'm not exactly sure where it happened, actually. Mm -hmm. But he's got this website to help find all his 57 kids.
1: No, I didn't know he uh, had passed. I heard he was in France.
0: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, it was a little while back. Mm -hmm. I I think he had been suffering for a little while, but he's gone out with a bang, and I think he's got his just rewards here, which is really interesting because he's got this website out dedicated to finding all his 57 kids so all his 57 kids can get rewarded with some of the little money that he had, which I think is a very noble gesture. Don't you know it is? Do you have any kids at all? Yes. Are the Phantom Surfers your kids now?
1: The Phantom Surfers, I am adopting them.
0: What did you think about the Phantom Surfers recording? I think the Phantom Surfers are great, and I have something coming out with them. Yeah, you have the Triple X Party record. How about your kids? Are they involved in any music or entertaining at all?
1: Yes, one is a comedian.
0: Would you care to reveal his name at all, Rudy Maymore?
1: Well, he's known as the son of Dolomite.
0: And does he come out on any of your acts? Yes. Did you ever meet Wyone Mr. Blues Harris?
1: Yes, I knew Wyone very well. Wyone Blues Harris was, uh, he was one of those
0: go-getters, too. He was quite a wild partier, wasn't he?
1: Uh, yes. I know he had three or four girls who'd come to his room at one time, and he'd pick. And look and look and look and said, uh, "Here's ten dollars for you. Uh, get your ass out of here. I ain't never messed with a bitch as funky as you." Now he take another one. said, "Oh, now do you take this ten dollars and get your ass out of here? Because I ain't never messed with a bitch as ugly as you are." and then another thing coming and said I mean, you get your ass out here because I ain't no fuck back as you are and on and on until he picked the right one he wanted that was one of his bylines
0: <laughs> Rudy Ray Dolomite you are truly sexational like you are sexational were there many lovely ladies in the uh, Dolomite empire banging down the doors oh yes I was uh
1: I was uh uh here at uh, four and five times a night when I was on tour with my partner, Lady Reed. Lady Reed used to have to protect me because the women would invade me in the dressing room, and she would uh, walk in, and when another lady walks in, and a man is uh, with some other women, and she says, well, honey, it's time that we go. And that would break up the situations that the ladies thought that they was going to get into. But they did invade me quite a bit.
0: Did they ever rip your clothes off when you were performing at all, Rudy Ray Moore?
1: Well, I had these type of things. You know, I was a streaker at one time.
0: And you have that record, the streaker. Could you explain a bit about that?
1: I used to streak in the nightclubs. When I would be streaking, the ladies would take off running behind me. And the only thing saved me one time from really getting into a terrible ordeal is I throwed a chair in the middle of the aisleway and it stopped them. But I passed one table and a lady throwed a glass of water right in the crack of my mind as I was running by the table. So the streaking was really a a heavy ordeal for me because, let me tell you, one time I was streaking, and in order to be exciting, I had an artificial penis wrapped around me, and it was tacked on. It looked so real, and the ladies caught up with me and snatched it off and held it up in the crowd said, oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. That was one of the most embarrassing moments. But I said, but I still got the real one.
0: And you still got it. You are Rudy Raymore, Dolomite. And Rudy, when you moved to Los Angeles, you mentioned you had a radio show or you were programming a radio
1: programming show. Programming the Dolphins of Hollywood record show. And I did spin records on it. I would present the album of the hour and call it a quiet hour. And we would present a uh, groovy... Ballads. One of them was uh, my ballads that I really liked to present at that time was Miss Irma Franklin, sister of Aretha Franklin, had a record called Time After Time. And I used to wear that out because it was such a beautiful ballad. And then I played other ballads um, like uh, Nancy Wilson, It's Over, and stuff like that. Beautiful stuff that I played on the air on the Dolphin show.
0: You must have met everybody on the way up when they were coming up through there. Like, King
1: everybody. Brown Brown, Eartha Kitt, Jackie Wilson, B.B. King, Bobby Bland. All of them, I have uh, 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 participated in interviewing them from the radio
0: show. Do any tapes of these interviews still exist at all, Rudy? No all destroyed no transcriptions only in your mind
1: no in those years we didn't have that type of uh, equipment to do that with i guess it was around but our program was by remote control and if the ktfc radio if they uh, recorded it i don't know where it's at
0: rudy did you ever run into any canadians at all like paul anka or bobby Curtola?
1: No, but I have watched Paul Anka in Las Vegas because he is a favorite down there along, used to be around Frank Sinatra with, uh, I Did It My Way.
0: Do you know any Canadians at all? You said you were in Montreal recently, Rudy. Do you know any Canadian entertainers? No. And, Rudy, did Bull Moose Jackson, who had to hit Big Ten-Inch record, inspire you at all to move in the Dolomite direction? Uh, no. Were you aware of Bull Moose Jackson?
1: Of course I knew Bull Moose Jackson. He had lips so big it was like he was wearing a turtleneck sweater.
0: Were you the first guy to say fuck on a record, Rudy? Were the you...
1: very first one on the face of the
0: earth. And what other words did you pioneer on a record?
1: I use motherfucker, and I use uh, 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 eating pussy and sucking dicks, bitch, this, and the term bitch was heavy with me, and I was the world's first comedian to come out like that. The Red Fox was before me, but at the time he come out. You was not able to use that term. But he did come later and start doing the same thing I was doing. And Richard Pryor did it four years after I did. And a lot of people may want to credit Richard Pryor with being the outline for the comedians today. But I am the world's first to come out with explicit language on record. And I don't call it dirty words. I call it ghetto expression in a form of art.
0: Rudy, was it hard to get these records pressed, like bringing them to the pressing plants? Did the pressing plants refuse to press them at all? No. In
1: fact, about a depressing plant that I went to, picked up my record and leased it and distributed it nationally. They were glad to get it and wanted more of them and never questioned me about what kind of record I was making? Whatever I made and cared to them, they took it and distributed. I have 21 albums that was East Cat records, which I own today.
0: Rudy Ray Moore, what was your biggest selling record that you Eat had?
1: out more often, and this pussy belonged to me. And how many did that sell? Eat Out more often, and its first return was about 338,000 records without airplay. Just walking the street, making people aware of it.
0: And how many records have you sold totally, altogether of all your records?
1: How many that I've gotten paid for has not been as many as I sold. I'll leave it there, because uh now, you know, the companies always ripped you off. So I did get enough money to make a movie with.
0: What was the interesting ways that record companies tried to rip you off? Like, how did they trick artists back then? Do you have any advice of how they tricked artists so people can avoid that in the future, Rudy Ray Moore? Well,
1: even today, it still happens. The only thing I can say is to be a little bit closer on top of what you are doing than the artists did of my early days. They, we was not as aware of the loopholes in the business as the young artist is today. So uh, the advice that I'd have to give them is to really, the first thing is to develop their talent and make it great so it'll work when it get out here on a record and make darn show that you get some of your money before you put out another record and give to them. Therefore, they will give you more of the money that you got coming if you don't pile it all up at one time. Like I was putting out a record every two months, you see, and giving them everything at one time.
0: What you did Rudy Ray Moore is totally amazing and you should totally be congratulated for it Rudy. It's amazing when you think about it. Like you were totally do it yourself. Totally DIY as you mentioned. Like no radio play. No advertising. You did it all yourself. You got it all out there. It's amazing.
1: I walked the streets of the ghettos throughout the United States. I would see ladies sitting on their yard porch and chairs, and I'd pass by the house, and they looked like they was party-loving people. You know, I could tell them they would just look down real, real hip. And I'd walk to the porch and hand them a record. I said, take this record and play it and let your friends hear it. And this is the way that I caught on across country, they'd call the friends and oh, you should hear this record I got
0: here, honey. You really toured quite a bit, didn't you, Rudy Ray Moore?
1: Yes, and I walked the streets of the major cities across the United States. When I say walked the streets, we would get in our car and load it up with a trunk full of records. And go from city to city, passing out records, letting people hear what we had. And before we leave the town, the record store was buzzing. Where can I get it at? Where can I get it at? That's the way we made hits in my days, not by radio airplay, because you couldn't play it on air.
0: Rudy Raymore, screw your wig on tight. Screw your wig on tight. Screw your wig on tight. Rudy Ray Moore, Dolomite. Have the cops ever shut you down at all from any of your performances? Did you ever get arrested because no. of your act? No. Did you have any run-ins that were kind of interesting in that respect? You said the ladies were running after you. Did you ever have to fight or use any martial arts to perhaps defend yourself against somebody that might have been insulted by your act in the clubs? No. So no running out and... and uh, backtracking and going out the back door the
1: people that come to hear me they knew what was going on because it was advertised that way if you are offended by explicit language don't come in so the advertisement was for explicit language and they've poured in so we didn't have that problem but I have had people to man bought one of my records and scratched it up on both sides, and my address was on it, and he mailed it back to me. But well, he bought it from a record store, but he mailed it to the record to back to me as an insult to me.
0: You must have got quite a bit of interesting mail over the years, haven't you, Rudy Raymore?
1: Yes, but it was not so derogatory. I've always been uh commended for my performance people have always loved to come to see it and i never had that in the clubs i i had a little bit uh women you know uh, may uh, object but uh, them you know if they wanted their money back they was uh giving it back and they could leave
2: have been rough and you know i'm also tough i'm bad and sometimes i get very mad i've been known to be mean but right now y'all can look and see that i'm damn show clean i see a lot of lovely people in this house tonight Look at this big fat man my Girl, what all forget if you were luck. Well, I say one thing, he can lay heavy, but he'll never go deep. the average girl you may not know i'm in there but you'll damn sure know i'm on there i see this big fat lady with him my 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 young lady you got the same damn thing them little skinny girls got but a damn sight more of it is that your husband ain't that a damn shame you need your little skinny man baby you and that man get in the bed together and try to do y'all's thing would be a mission impossible i'm going to tell you like the bathtub told the toilet do. i get as much ass as you but i don't have to take all that shit. young lady went out with her boyfriend the other night and he got in the bed with and pulled out somebody like my little finger. She looked at it and said, why you no screwing counsel dick, not counsel Peter son of a gun. Says, I'll tell you what I will do for you. Said, you can't do nothing for me with a joint that small. That I'll give you $50 that you can hurt me. He screwed her three times and hit her in the head with a rock some ugly motherfuckers in this house tonight. If you don't believe it, look over here. Baby, you, you are so ugly, you stopped this motion picture from running. Your lips look like you ran wearing a turtleneck sweater. I had a brother look just like you. He stuck his head out the window, and his lips beat him to death. My, 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 that's what I a good thing Just went to Vietnam, a black soldier and a white soldier. Can you dig it? And they come all the way back home, and the people in Louisiana said, We're going to give y'all anything that y'all want. They looked at the white soldier and said, Young man, what do you want? He said, Well, I'll tell y'all what I want. I want me $10,000 and a Lincoln Continental to drive. They said, We're going to get that for you. Then they looked at the brothers. They said, Brother, what would you like? The brother said, Well, Y'all can give me a dollar and a half from the head of my ding down to my balls. They said, brother, brother, don't you want no more than that? He said, no, that's all I want. So he pulled it out and they put a dollar and a half at the head of it, then they put another dollar and a half on it, and another dollar and a half, and another dollar and a half, and another dollar and a half. And one of those fellas looked at him and said, nigger, where is your balls at? lady took her boyfriend out with us the other night, you know, she got in the bed with him and baby, he did his thing before he could get on top of her. And he looked at her and said, go in the kitchen and fix me some food. She went in the kitchen and brought him a head of lettuce and a bowl of carrots. He looked at her and said, why in the world did you bring me these carrots and lettuce out here? She looked at him, said, motherfucker, you fuck like a rabbit, you might as well eat like. A <laughs> and this is what I call a nigga that always wanna get in the show. <laughs> this is the kind of nigga that'll fart in a bathtub and turn around and bite the bubble. <laughs> Tonight has been a pleasure. Thank you for letting us be ourselves. I ain't Dolomite,
0: ladies and gentlemen. Well, speaking of fighting, and I mentioned martial arts. You are a martial mar- arts. You are a martial arts master. You are Rudy Ray Moore, Dolomite. Who is Billy Nightingale, and what's his role? Billy Nightingale was my godfather.
1: He had taught me how to dance in the martial arts form. So in other words, I took the dance steps, and when I went to the martial arts school, I added some of my interpretive dance spots, uh, 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 movements to the martial art. And Billy Nightingale was the one who gave me that. And he also taught me how to do... Uh, uh, Judo? Martial arts? Sing, no. That was taught to me by Howard Jackson, martial art uh, uh, instructor.
0: Who were your rivals, Rudy? Were there any rivals on the circuit that were up against you, like the Baroness Bobo? Was that a rival?
1: No, Baroness, the Baroness Bobo. Uh, uh, if you repeat that name anywhere, the average person would know nothing about it. Totally forgotten. So the Baroness Bobo never stood close to anything I was doing because they only had one record to my knowledge, and it was a dog.
0: But Rudy Ray Moore, you had many records, and I'm sure you inspired quite a lot of people. Were there any comics, once you started getting going, or comedians that tried to tread the same water that you Oh, do- yes,
1: all of them. From uh, Who was the, the great Richard Pryor is one of the main ones that jumped on the bandwagon. It took him four years to start doing it, but when he found out that it was working, he jumped on the bandwagon. Then, Rinaldo Ray, the rising of Rinaldo Ray, he did one. And uh, uh, Roy and Skillet, from the Laugh Record Company. Uh, the uh, president of Laugh Records suggested that they go in that bag. And Wild Man Steve come behind me doing the same thing. And Blowfly come behind me rapping the same way.
0: Did you play any private parties at all, like for Sinatra or any stuff like that that wasn't in actually a club that people hired you out at all, Rudy Ray Moore?
1: Yeah. I was hired out for many, um, what you call the party before you get married, bachelor parties. I would go for 500 miles to do a bachelor party, and they paid me pretty well in those days. Give me hotel rooms and residuals and so forth and so
0: on. Who exactly came to Rudy Ray Moore gigs? I'm talking of the entertainers. You mentioned Eddie Murphy, or I don't know if you did mention Eddie Murphy, but I, yes. I've seen him mentioned with your name. Who was sitting there, you know, in the front row watching Eddie
1: Murphy, or O'Hall? O'Hall, uh, Gregory Hines uh, has come to see me in person.
0: Did Sammy Davis ever show up with Kim Novak? No. Or any politicians? Did any of that, like, were you ever doing your act? You looked down, whoa, there's Billy Carter, Jimmy Carter's brother. Did no, like- I had not
1: politicians,
0: uh, but I
1: did have uh, men of the cloth.
0: Did Farrakhan ever come out to any of your gigs? No. Wasn't he a singer really early on in his career?
1: I don't know. Uh, it, it, too much about the nation of Islam, I do know there were some brothers that would come to see me, but of not any name value.
0: So, not Malcolm X or Martin Luther King? No. Were you ever singled out by any preachers as evil? Like, was there ever a campaign, a publicity campaign to discredit you, which actually backfired to help with album sales? I know. In other words, you never saw like, Wanted, Dolomite, That type of thing that actually helped you sell your records.
1: I had one thing in Chicago. Uh, The Chicago Defender wrote about the first movie that I did, which was Dolomite. Says Dolomite is not fit for a blind dog to see. Rudy Ray Moore is coarse, daring, and vulgar, and uh, he does his lines like he's doing them for a noisy crowd. Says despite. The people line the streets. Uh, It may be the blockbuster of the year, but it's not fit for a blind dog to see. And people poured in the theaters and chose to see this picture that was so derogatory and so vulgar, so it helped
0: the sale. You were on Kent Records, or a division of Kent. That was the same label as Ike and Tina Turner. Did you ever get to open for Ike at all?
1: Many times, 50 times. Now, what... And I'm very disgusted today because Tina Turner is great as she's gotten today. I used to introduce her as the MC of the old California club. I would call her the hardest working woman in show business. The cashmere voice of Miss Tina Turner. Let's bring her on. And she's gotten to be a super, super, super superstar. And she's never requested me to join her not one time within her life.
0: She's doing a big farewell tour now. You think she could have you open for her on the totally sold-out dates? That will be amazing, Rudy Moore.
1: She has not thought of me. And I'm very hurt, and a lot of the other comedians like those that have copied me. There's Steve Harvey. He's come out with a show called The Kings of Comedy. They have never invited me not for one appearance, and I am the
0: original king of comedy. Still standing. You are the king of the party record. You are Rudy Raymore, Dolmite, Dolomite. And Rudy, did any of the old rock and rollers have any remembered you in any way? Like, have any of them given you some props? Aside from the new rappers, but have any of the old rock and rollers, like you mentioned, James Brown hasn't, Tina Turner hasn't. Have any of the old rock and rollers given you any respect?
1: None of the old rock and rollers has called me out to do anything with them because I imagine the old rock and rollers do not have any clout to bring anybody out with them because some of them are just barely making it themselves. But I did ask B.B. one time. B.B. was an old friend of mine during the early years.
0: B.B. King.
1: Yes. So I asked him, you know, to give me a shot in Las Vegas as a special guest on one of his uh, engagements, and he told me that I had to go and see his manager. So I just let that drop. But Bobby Bland probably is the only one that has given me the total respect for bringing me out and... and uh, I go out with him.
0: That's what's so great about the Phantom Surfers. is, Here is somebody trying to recognize the genius, a brand new group here from the Zero Zeros, the Phantom Surfers, and they get you for the Triple X Party LP. Have you heard that record? What did you think of it? I haven't heard it. What was it like recording with the Phantom Surfers?
1: I, I enjoyed doing it. I didn't record with them, I did the pieces that they use, and they uh, put it into their record. And they also carried me to Las Vegas to the Gold Coast Hotel. And I did, and introduced them on stage there to a massive 3,000 audience.
2: Yes? This is me, don't lament. I want to turn you on to a group the phantom
1: surfers. And I want to tell you one thing. Surf music is good music. Fellas, it'll make your dick hard. Girls, it'll make your pussies wet. But I want to tell you when you fucking one of them hard big dick motherfuckers, I want you to fuck that son of a bitch till he breaks out in a cold, cold surf sweat. Mrs. Gore, We've been working together for many years now in the Concerned Parents Music Committee. Yes, indeed. I have found something so unspeakably foul and morally grotesque that it strains the belief. Listen.
0: You don't believe it. Oh, somebody think of the children? Andre Williams as well. Do you remember him from back in the day, like you were at the Las Vegas Grind there? Do you remember Andre Williams?
1: said, yes, I've known Andre for years. He had forgotten me, but he remembered my work when I introduced him and went backstage.
0: I interviewed Andre a little while back, Rudy Ray Moore, and he said that he was too pretty, that Andre Williams was too pretty to do what you did. He said he was too pretty to be Rudy Ray Moore. And he said, I quote, I never wanted to be a Rudy Ray Moore because I was too pretty. I'd have been dead. Rudy Ray Moore looked like the type that could tell the truth and not intimidate people. I couldn't do that. I think Rudy Ray Moore opened the door to the sex message. I think that there could have been five or six more Rudy Ray Moors this market would have been discovered earlier, had there been more Rudy Ray Moors. Rudy Ray Moore is definitely a pioneer. But I was curious, he said he was too pretty to do what you did.
1: Well, he's an old man now, and he still holds a little bit. But he was, I guess, in the latest eyesight, a handsome man, I will give him that credit. He wasn't bad-looking, he wasn't one of them ugly boys.
0: Was it hard to work yourself up into a surf sweat at all, Rudy Ray Moore, to work with the Phantom Surfers?
1: Uh, no. I enjoyed them because I felt like doing the best that I could throw out there because they respected me so highly and they wanted me to be a part of their show. So I give them my best.
0: Now, when you recorded with Mellow Might, Mellow Might Mel, of the Phantom Surfers at King Cotton Studios, you were photographed petting a pig. Rudy Ray Moore petting a pig. Yes,
1: uh-huh. I, I like the big old, oh, that was some pig, too. Oh,
0: Lord. With Triple X Party, is this the first time, Rudy Raymore, that you and Blowfly have been on a record together? Uh, The Triple X Party, you mean the one that's the uh, CD? The Phantom Surfers, yes. Is that the first time you've been on a record with Blowfly?
1: No. I did one called Afro's Max and Zodiac with Blowfly.
0: And when was that, and how did that do?
1: That? is doing very well. Now, it's not with a major distributor, but Eric Athos Max and Zodiacs is a video that features... You ever heard of a, a fighter named Jim Kelly?
0: No, I have not, actually.
1: Jim Kelly is a martial arts fighter played in Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee.
0: Oh, okay, one of those guys. Okay, yes. I think I'm down with that. And Isaac Hayes, you heard of him? Oh, yes, indeed. Isaac Hayes is in the video. Uh, Jim Kelly and
1: uh, Blowfly and myself, Astros, Max,
0: and Zodiacs. Rudy Ray Moore, apparently, for every dirty song Blowfly writes, he has to memorize a line of biblical verse. What do you think about that?
1: I think the young man is fabulous with his uh, rendition of "Shipping on the Dock of the Bay was one that I liked.
0: What do you think about having to memorize a line of biblical verse for every dirty song you do?
1: For the ones that I do, oh no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't put a biblical verse in my uh, material. I do not play with religion
0: too much. Where did you learn it all, Rudy Raymore Dolomite? What's the secret? Is your rhyming based on folklore? You know, like the Titanic and the Signifying Monkey, some pieces you do. Did you learn all this from an old wino?
1: Yes. It comes from the beer joint and liquor store, wine heads, that sit out in front of the liquor store all day and shoot the breeze and tell lies. And when I heard them doing it, and people sit there giggling ah, quack, 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 all day long. Then I was already a comedian. I said, if I should record something like that, I wonder would people laugh like this if not in this yard doing it. So I got Rico, the wino, and carried him to my apartment with a tape recorder and let him recite that stuff to me. And Then I went in the studio and recorded it and the
0: rest is history. How did you feel about playing Las Vegas Grind with the Phantom Surfers to all that people? What was it like? Was that a new audience that you had actually been exploring there?
1: Yes. In fact, about it, I'm trying to get on the strip now and they haven't given me my props. Uh, They've opened the door for some black comedians with no names down there at the Riviera Hotel. And I've been trying to get in there for a whole year. And The management around me is telling them that if you bring Dolomite to the River, Riviera Hotel, the rest is in history because he will have them lined up due to the fact the white audience that follows me today, some of the black venues that I play, they are not comfortable with coming. But if I played a place like the Riviera Hotel, I would have them there in droves. And this is the message they're trying to get across on the strip uh, to the management of the Riviera Hotel.
0: That's terrible that they won't let Dolomite, Rudy Ray Mordugo, go there after all these years. Is there any way, do you have any plan of how you're going to do this master world domination? I guess aside from the Phantom Surfer, there's a Norton record coming out. But is there any way you can get to these people, Rudy, and tell them? Or just somehow somebody can just tell them? I mean, they, they can't be that stupid, are they? We are trying.
1: In other words, I have a new show now called uh, The Filthy McNasty. Comedy review, and I'm using one of the old comedians that used to work with me years ago called Jimmy Funky Tramp Lynch. You may have heard of that name. We are going to take this review out, and in taking this review out, it may open the door for us to
0: get some better venues. Rudy Raymore, The More You Wiggle,
1: the better it feels.
0: Rudy Raymore, Screw Your Wig On Tight.
1: And let me tell you about the little bad notorious M.F. called Dolomite.
0: Really more Dolomite, were there many outtakes from the photo shoots on your album covers? You have some amazing album covers, and I think you have an LP called Will the Real Dick Rise? Did the real dick ever rise during the photo shoot? That wasn't my album.
1: That was my artist named Lady Reed. I presented Lady Reed. Now, they had a show, with the Real uh, Jameson Rise, with the Real Betty Rise Up. So this was my idea, to make an album for her with that cover, and I had three boys sitting on the front. Now, one, all of them was named Dick. So, no, all of them was named, one was named Dick. And each one would get up and say, Well, I'm Dick. I'm there. No, you're not Dick. So the real Dick rise would be the most fabulous one in the group. That's how the album got its title.
0: How about yourself, though, Rudy Ray Moore? On the cover of those records, you are naked quite a bit. Was that ever quite as stimulating, being there with all the ladies on the cover of those records? Oh.
1: Now, you are getting quite personal. Oh, sorry. (laughs) You ought to know how easy I'm turned on, which was not hard to do now. Because I got all of those naked girls, you know. We worked with it, though. We were there for business, you know. And the business, I mean, is to make the album cover. Has anything else come about, you know? Uh we push that aside until the album shooting is over.
0: Well, in The Human Tornado, when you're doing those exercises on the bed, or one of those movies, when you're doing those exercises with that lovely lady pulling those ropes, and then afterwards you engage in some horizontal action, that was very erotic to watch, I must say, Rudy Raymore. Oh, I stay erotic. In
1: fact, about it in my new movie, I'm doing one called Scratch My Back. And, the, and I'm on the bed with a masseur. Really? And the masseur is scratching my back. And then I turn over and she starts rubbing my shoulders. And her Brazil breaks. And her bust falls out. And she grabs. that. Oh, no, no, no. Let me get another look at that baby. So uh, in the new movie, we have a uh, massage parlor that's doing me
0: Rudy Raymore, you always, always were involved with the ladies. Queen Bee is my name. Rudy Raymore, Queen Bee is my name. And fucking motherfuckers was her game.: How is Queen Bee doing?: Queen Bee passed two years ago. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. She was: an a- She's gone. She was an amazing character.: wasn't she? She
1: was my co-partner and star on the road with me. We went many, many, many places and broke a lot of bread together, shedded a lot of blood, sweat, and tears.
0: She was a great supporter, like she was t- telling people in the documentary, the great movie, The Legend of Dolomite. She was saying, you know, some people that Rudy have inspired haven't reached back to do anything for you. Nothing. As,
1: as Absolutely nothing. They haven't done nothing.
0: As you mentioned before, uh, do you know why at all people did this? Uh, why, did, why have they turned their back? I'm still wondering about this.
1: Uh, due to the fact I am so self-made, I have handled myself from day one up until now.
0: I was curious, Rudy Ray Moore, could have Michael Jackson helped you out at all in all your times looking for help?
1: Uh, yes, but I never did beg people, and I've never made myself noticeable in any way to Michael. Or, The people that produced him, like Barry Gordy from uh, Motown Records, they could have helped me if they don't put out party records on me. But uh, I never requested it.
0: Did Michael ever come to any of your gigs, or did you ever see the Jackson 5 or encounters with the Jackson family?
1: No, not one of them.
0: Rudy Remore, The Human Tornado is the best movie ever. I love it. And it's not just because I am the human serviette. And, of course, you're The Human Tornado. I love the beginning of the movie when you roll down that embankment at the beginning of the movie. Was that hard to do? Like you were totally naked.
1: Like- Very much hard to do. I was scratched up for two weeks. See, I didn't do the full stunt myself. There was somebody who did the beginning of it. But in order to make it look right on film, I had to roll into camera so they had to use my body. And they put me on that embankment, and I rolled down some 50 feet, and I was scratched up.
0: And you were totally naked. I was thinking your cock there must have been ripped up there, Rui Ray
1: Moore. <laughs> It was something, but I was daring and bold. I did everything I could do to make what I was doing work. So I used my body to
0: jump in that car. What are you wearing right now, Rudy Raymore? What are you wearing right now?
1: I am wearing a sweater, and I'm wearing uh, uh, sneakers, uh, tennis shoes, and trousers, and a uh, poncho.
0: Now, how are you doing these days? You haven't made any deals with the devil, have you at all, Rudy Ray Moore?
1: The Petey Wheat the devil's son-in-law. I may do another movie. In fact, about it, I'm winding up my movie career. I think I've gotten too old to continue. So I'm going to do Stack A. Lee, and I'm going to do The Return of Petey Wheat Straw. That'll wind up my motion picture career,
0: Rudy Raymore, What is the movie that you're shooting right now? This is *Stolen Sno- The
1: Millennium*.
0: And can you tell us a little bit about that? Has Snoop Doggy Dog in the movie?
1: No, but we have Bone Thugs and Harmony—not Bone Thug and Harmony, but Lazy Bones, the leader of Bone Thug. Bone Thugs and Harmony—they are in it
0: what's the plot line how does this work on
1: out it begins with me coming uh from africa after 25 years i moved to africa and i fathered two sons there and my sister calls me and tells me to come home and help her because the community has gotten bad and dolomite you know how you used to keep the community intact come home and help me because they're killing and doing everything That's the beginning plot.
0: Is there much martial arts in the movie?
1: Yes. I am whipping five at one time. I had a martial arts instructor who was taught by one of the great martial arts stages called Gang Lee out of Taipei, Taiwan. He sent a man from New York to stage my fight scenes. And he's got me walking walls and everything.
2: Niggas is running. We got a lot of running to do because we going to California. Hey big up there. By the way, Jimmy, if a snake was to bite me on my leg, what would you do? I took the boss all Well, Bo, if a snake was to bite me on my ass, what would you do? No money, I guess you built bed for pigeon-toed, he's passed out, his bow-legged son of a gun for messing with me.
0: 1980s. Were you in Texas at that time? Like you began as a dancer. You did the R&B stuff. You moved to Los Angeles. You did Dolomite, Rudy Ray Moore, all the comedy stuff. What was happening in the 80s? In
1: what the 80s, in the early part of the 80s, I was a broke, miserable man.
0: And whereabouts were you? And how did you? I meet? was in uh,
1: Los Angeles. I w- went to Texas a lot, and I worked doing two-bit jobs trying to live. And then along came the two live crew. They sampled one of my records in 1986, and then I began to come back after that. That's what was how I was doing in the 80s. Absolutely nothing but broke when I was able to live because I always had a great stage act. I could make enough money to survive home but they were the hard years for me, the eighties.
0: So two live crew were the biggest influence on getting Rudy Ray Moore back in back action Rome
1: They did a record called Throw the Dick that uh, was sampled from my album. I can't believe I ate the whole thing. And the track was Romeo and Juliet that they sampled three and a half minutes of and the rest is history. It got to be a smash hit. And they give me some money, more money than I'd had in a long time.
0: You mentioned Ike and Tina Turner. And just quickly, I was wondering there, Rudy Ray Moore, Ike and Tina, what was that scene like back then? Did you witness any crazy goings on between Ike and Tina? Was that like it is in all the movies and all the books? What was it like?
1: I never witnessed anything because when I leave the club, that was the last I'd see of Ike and Tina. I worked the California club with them. And during the California Club, I was the MC and comedian. And I'd bring their act on stage. And when the night was over, we'd go
0: their way and I'd go my way. Did you ever have any interesting conversations with them? Like, were they nice people at that time, Ike and Tina?
1: Oh, Ike has always been a beautiful person to me and has offered to appear in my new movie.
0: So you have been keeping up with them then? Not Tina. But Ike, though?
1: Ike. Tina has totally deserted I just thought that she got such a, to be such a big star. And she can't think back and remember Rudy Ray Moore and the kind things that I used to say about her.
0: And she liked the intros that you would give at that time.
1: Yes. The hardest working woman in show business.
0: Rudy Ray Moore, why should people care about Dolomite and Rudy Ray Moore? Why should people care?
1: Well, I have the love of the people right now. The little people, and whenever I go out to appear, I draw huge crowds of the little people, the people, the natural street people, natural fun-loving people. So they love me, and as long as I got them, I will always survive, because the power belongs to the people.
0: Well thanks very much, Rudy Raymore Dolomite. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. Keep on rocking in the free world and doot doo loot do. And Dom has your uh,
1: your your numbers and information.
0: Yes he does, and Rudy Ray Moore, doot loot do. Thank you. Actually I was hoping for doot doo, but that'll be pretty good. How about a dolomite finish? Doot doo doot doot loot doot. Do, do, <laughs> this is, uh, this is a human tornado.
1: You know I'm the one that killed Monday and whipped Tuesday and put Wednesday in the hospital. I called up Thursday to tell Friday, not to bear Saturday on Sunday. Stuck my finger in the ground and turned the whole world around. Him went up in a jug and beat the hell out of him with a motherfucking club. I'm the bad motor scooter that wronged the matter. When I cough, I change the weather. When I shit, I wither the grass. The world trembles when I shake my ass. This is the bad, bad dolomite. Rapping and tapping is my game. Dolomite is my name. There's a lot of rappers around the Two Life Crew. The late great Easy Eat, Tupac and Notorious Big, Ice-T, Ice-Cube, Busta Rhymes, Dr. Dre, and the dog of all dogs, Snoop Doggy Dog. They all rap good, but I was through with it before they learned what to do with it. This is the bad bad, told the man.
2: Not so many years ago, when I was a coot Mary Joe All the places we used to go, driving that buggy down the road, take John and his girlfriend Flo, then we stop by the canvas stove made mother down we picked up race, But that yes, wasn't right. Wasn't that right? Wasn't that right? Wasn't that right? Wasn't right? buggy ride. That buggy ride. But yes, that wasn't ride. <clears throat> <One laughs> right. that right? Wasn't that right? one right. buggy ride. After we had our merry load, take on all down the road. When we got. Eat. Cousin Ann and a boyfriend Joe was always ready and around the go. I'd say, Hop in, chillin', I get on boat. It's always a room for mo and mo. I uh, guess I wasn't at a ride. That ride? That ride? That ride? <laughs> uh, yes, I wasn't a ride. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, ride. ride. Uh, yes, I a ride. I guess I wasn't at a ride. wasn't a ride. not ride. Burger okay, right. round.